When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair, and it's another trophy. The result was never in doubt as we celebrate the most stunning victory by a country mile, a one-horse race, recognised by everyone as the worthy winners. We add our own personal congratulations to Mo Salah, who pipped Kevin De Bruyne to win the PFA Player of the Year Award. So welcome to the Mo Salah Show, and to help us celebrate his stunning and well-deserved victory, I'm joined by three massive Mo fans. Wearing a Mo wig, welcome to Lisa Rabinovitz. Hi. Draped in an Egyptian flag, welcome to Sarah Messenger. Hello. And in his proud red Liverpool shirt, welcome to Stuart Brodkin. Can't get enough of Mo. Yeah, the Man City show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions. Have you met anybody, Stuart, yet who has given you a reasonable reason why Mo Salah should have beaten Kevin De Bruyne to the PFA Player of the Year award? No. Thank you. But I'd be interested to find out why. You are a respected journalist, sir, written many books. I don't know about that, but go on, yeah. Uh, I just what, can't what's understand. Your, what's, your, what's your view then? Because the view is that goal scorers always trump, you know, hard-working, brilliant, world-class midfielders who make goals, score goals, Run games. But L- Liverpool are not even going to be the winners of the Premier League. And this is the Premier League, of yes. course, just to be yes. clear here. This is not the European Cup nope. or the Champions nope. League or the Carabao Cup or the Emirates FA Cup, PFA. This is the Premier League Footballer of the Year. And they're going to come a poor third. So why has he won it, Lisa? You are an expert in all these things. Uh, of course I am. Um, I, because he's got, it's as simple as he scored all the goals. And the players clearly can't think beyond that. It's a little bit disturbing, but not entirely surprising. You saw it coming as well, Sarah? Well, I did predict it a while back, and uh, it's it's a travesty that Kev hasn't won it for reasons that we'll probably discuss in a minute. But um, just to kind of add to what Stuart and Lisa have said, Liverpool are the media darlings. We all remember that Suarez won it when we won the league in 2014. And to be I mean, to give Mo Salah a little bit of credit, he has scored a phenomenal number of goals, and some of them have been good goals and all tap-ins and so on. So, you know, in any other season, he would have, I'm sure, been at least a worthy can- candidate, if not winner. But the idea that somebody who just that the award nearly always goes to the top goal scorer or a, a good goal scorer. But there's golden boot for that, isn't there? There's yeah, all, they've exactly. already got their own award for that. But but Stuart's spot on the the the, the impact that. De Bruyne has had on the way City play not just his assists and his goals but the way he dictates the rhythm the way that he 
um, creates things on a football pitch that most of us can't see and has people eulogising about him who do know quite a bit about football. Um, it is, in my view, a travesty that he hasn't won it. And, and I think I'll, I'll, I was going to say my view, all our views are that surely the best player in the best team in the Premier League is the one that's got to win it, surely. I mean, I think, you know, all City fans would say that. But actually, I've read quite a lot of the press today and on social media. There are not many people, actually, or a lot of people are saying they're surprised and almost yeah. disappointed that it that it didn't go to... Yeah, to I think if, if we'd have got past Liverpool in, in the Champions League... I know you're saying it's a Premier League it is. thing. It is. No, I know, but I'm, I think that had we got past Liverpool in that uh, quarterfinal, De Bruyne would have won it. That's 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 the simple fact. I think I wanted to get all that out of the way because there is so much to celebrate, isn't there? Yes. I mean, that, what a what a stunning, stunning victory! I mean, is that the best we played this season, Lisa? Would you say almost? Um, it's up there, isn't possibly, it? Possibly, and because I guess we were, we we're playing with so much freedom um, in in many senses of the word, um, and and Swansea. I don't, you know, I, I think they came to try and limit the damage but they just couldn't live with us at all they just didn't know what to do with themselves because goal difference might well be a factor for yeah, them and really kind of at two, at two nil down they were time wasting and trying to sort of uh, mm. which, which says a lot about them but I was just really pleased Sarah about the team selection we we talked on this show play the kids you know we had a bit of a joke with, with Andy Connell last week about Alex Williams in goal and Mike Sunby up front and, and <laughs> maybe <laughs> some of the women and all that stuff is a bit of a joke because we, we thought that maybe Silver would go off and, and spend time with, with his son and all that sort of stuff but but Pep is in no mood for taking the foot off the gas is he what, what what a team selection that that his intent was very clear well he's hammered that po- point home hasn't he all week and i think um uh i think they want the records and in a way what what better opportunity to break the 100 point barrier than to already be at 90 with four go- games left that you don't have the same kind of intense pressure that you would have if we were still battling for the title with the four games to go so i think he definitely want the re- wants the records he wants to make sure that there's no hint of complacency starting next season. And then he, you know, I thought the subs were great in terms of great to have Mendy back, good to give Yaya a little bit more of a long goodbye and to give Foden some time as well. So I, I, I just say, though, I, brilliant though we were yesterday, I don't think that's our best performance of the season. So which is then? I'd still go for Chelsea away. Because mm. I think the pressure in that game and the intensity of it and the marker it laid down... Mm. Uh, against a good team, they may not be brilliant this season. Chelsea has a thread a good going team. through both those goals, uh, both those games as well, of course, mm. which is a KDB goal, of Indeed. course, two stunning a good K- goal, yeah. two good goals. <clears throat> Stuart, I, th- I think I don't think Pep allows any players in any of his teams to take their foot off the gas. Susan, you're right. Um, and Sterling said it in an interview before the game with um, Thierry Henry that they'd had a couple of days off after the championship was decided, the Premier League, and the three days they've trained with Pep were the hardest three days of the season. Now, there's nothing at stake in terms of, you know, winning the league. You can't win it, you know, twice. We've already won it. <laughs> so that's the sort of guy he is. And you're right. I thought they might play Foden. They might play a couple of other youngsters possibly. But that's not the way he operates. And I think that sends out... Uh, that's, he's put down a marker to the players. Say, look, you'll get in the team if you keep training, you keep playing the way you are. 
and that's, that's there were it. times I, yeah. I did feel sorry for for Swansea mm. because well, yes. in those sort of games where you just can't get the ball, I mean, we've seen the possession. It was eighty three percent possession City had, which was absolutely phenomenal, and it felt more than that at times. I mean, I did genuinely because you get exhausted chasing the ball and, and playing football without a football. Is very very difficult, and and I did feel sorry for him. I don't know if you had similar yeah, feelings. I did too. And actually, today I um, looked at some of the um, discussion after the game. It had been very kindly recorded for me, and Henri was saying that he'd experienced a one game like that, and he was just looking at Vieira like, I don't know what to do. You know, if we do this, they'll yeah. do that. If we, and they just have no idea. And it must be. And that's what I think we've said this before also about the way we play. It mentally exhausts your opponents yeah. as much as it physically mm. does. Yeah. So and and actually I think that might be the the more important element in some in some respects because the opposition just doubt that they can do anything. So I think I think Swansea were the architects a little bit of their own major downfall. They didn't put in any tackle. I, I can't remember any fouls. They they did, well, they did, just, they did have one booking, didn't they? Did so they have a, yeah, they had they a booking, had, yeah. had but booking, they weren't yeah. going into tackles. They weren't. They were standing off us. That was their plan. It failed for ninety minutes. They didn't change their pattern of play. You know, I don't feel sorry for them. I think the booking was for simulation. Are you quite right? It was. It was. Yeah. It was. Of course, it was. You're quite right. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it was. for a tackle. No, it was. You're quite right. No, no yeah. quite right. It was, and it was terrible as well. He went down like a lead balloon, and then he uh, kicked. Um, who, who? Which player was it? Laporte. No. It was either it was it was the Laporte or was it Danilo? It was. It was. He made it was, some contact. Danilo that made the challenge. Yeah, I thought yeah. he made contact with his yeah. foot. Yeah, well. the last second, you know. Well, uh, Sarah, you talked about some of the positives. Let, let's pick up on on some of these then. So, so let's talk about um, some of the city players and some of the performances. Can we start with Kevin De Bruyne? Who, uh, the goal aside, again, you know, he he sort of. He's had a couple of off games. People said to his high standards, but in terms of the game at the weekend, he was. Well, he was, was taking. Not... To be frank, he was taking the piss, wasn't he? Because he'd obviously already been tipped off that he didn't need to dash down to London in a helicopter because he hadn't <laughs> won it. So he thought, "I'll bloody well show you why I'm the best player in this league." He was immense yesterday, yeah. admittedly against not the strongest of opposition, but the way he ran the game, the pass for the first goal, his own goal, he was brilliant. And, and there's been a tiny drop-off in his standards over the last few weeks. I mean, we're talking margins here, but yeah. he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. I thought Delph was great as well. I thought Delph stood out for me as uh, someone who, with Mendy back, Mendy back in the squad, his place clearly, you know, potentially in danger, uh, got the World Cup round the corner and, and all that sort of stuff going on in his head. But what a performance, I thought, from him, Lisa. He was brilliant, but I think he's been brilliant all season and I, I think I've probably said this a couple of times but he gets missed off a lot of the list when people are talking about I mean yes you could look at the whole team pretty much the whole squad and say everyone has played their part in some way shape or form and you can't really pick a player and say they've had a bad season but Delph I think should be higher up on the list of praise than he is at the moment because of the situation I think we all thought we were in when Mendy got injured mm. and now Quite frankly, if Southgate doesn't put him on the one of the first names on the he's on the got, list of to, people to, to go, go it's sure, insane. Yeah, I think we should. Get, he's a great squad player. I think. Mm. I think I'd keep him. No question. No, I'm saying we're going going to Moscow. Uh, going, going to Russia. Yes, mm. Possibly. Yeah. He's got. He's got to. Del- Delph has been so good that I wouldn't worry about buying a left back. In no, the I summer. don't think we should either. That's how good he's been. And then yeah. you've got Zinchenko as an extra sort of backup for certain games, but. 
in any big game, I wouldn't worry about playing Delph at left back, even though in all likelihood he'll be more of a squad player next yeah. season. But, it, but it's interesting because he he of, he's diff, he obviously very different to Mendy. Mendy is a lot more attack yeah. minded. Yeah. Delph can do that, but in certain games, Delph might be the better option. Mm-hmm. Where you know where Mendy can just go off on a wander, and then we left with Otamendi up against someone like oh Mo Salah, for example. <laughs> you know, sometimes Who's the Mo Salah show. <laughs> sometimes. That's not the best situation to find yourself in. I don't know. Look, I, I'm sure there are some people who think there's an argument that we need a like a real left back. But I think he's proven himself to be perfectly capable of playing in that position. And I did read something today that we're only after a couple of players, and left back is not one of them. No, well, I think I think you're right. Uh, what amused me as well, and what I love, is the fact the uh, the way the crowd responded to, to two substitutions. Um, when Yaya came on, and, and and it was the same at Spurs the, the week before, I was behind the goal there, and and the noise and and the Yaya and the Colo song that goes up. I mean, he's been an absolute legend, Stuart, hasn't he? He has, and he's, uh, he's obviously coming to the end of his career. But but what what a star he is, and, and right. what a reception he gets every time yeah, he comes on. Deservedly so. I mean, over the last how many years has he been with us now? Six, seven, eight. He's been an iconic player. Uh, his, his pace has completely gone for the last two seasons, at least. Uh, you know, but he's he's getting a few chances to wave goodbye, like you said, the long goodbye. Uh, but he's he scored some fantastic and very special goals and won us trophies with his goals. So and I, y- I love what, it. What, I love what about Yaya for you then? Where where does he sort of come in your pecking order? I know you've got your got your favourites as we all have, and uh, Yaya up there or he's I wouldn't pick him as my favourite player of the last seven or eight years, but he's arguably been the most influential or at least equally influential with the Silvers and the Agueros and the companies. Um, You know, we all remember the goal he scored against United in the FA Cup semi-final, which was the catalyst because that was the first time I ever believed that City might actually one day be better than United. Mm. And I'd never believed it until that point. <laughs> you know, and he's come up with, I remember the uh, the Newcastle away game before we won the league for the first time, two great goals in that game that we were all completely well, freaking out he's, about. He scored some important goals and you're, and you're, you're replaying them all yeah. for us. Yeah. You know, there's something, and there's something, he's a funny character, Tori, because on one hand there's something very lovable about him and on the other hand, he can be deeply annoying and not appear to be a, a team player in the way that perhaps what we all want. What annoys you then? What does it help us understand that a bit more? Well, just what some of the behaviour and some of the sort of silliness that are now, I know some we're of We're not that's doing the birth. We're not doing the birth. We're not doing that. No, no we're not sorry, doing that. I'm just that. checking but, that. Good. You know, and his agent, I'm sure, has got a lot to play in all of that. But exactly. even so, I think sure. he, he, he will always be remembered. Definitely. What about uh, the goal at, against Sunderland in, at Wembley? The League Cup final. In the League Cup final, sure. Yeah. Well, exactly, there's been loads of them. And the bigger cheer was for a man who, who yes. has played five or six games, has not featured, who we've not seen very much of other than on social media. And what a popular, what a popular guy. You could just see how popular he is. Well, I think you know? that the, the point is he's made himself, he, and fair play to him, because it must have been very difficult. He was four games into a season, <laughs> a new club, and you're out potentially for the rest of the season. So to do what he's done is actually, I, I think he deserves a, a, a lot of respect for that because he's made himself a fan's favourite. hope he can prove it on the pitch as well. But, you know, he's integrated himself into everything, yeah. um, which is not easy when you're recovering from an injury at a new club. So, I mean, What I is it about him, Stuart? He's, well, I think he's, he's a clearly a, he's a bit of a Balotelli, isn't he, in I some ways? I think he's selfless uh, as a player. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> he's far from he's selfless. He's like our social media director. I mean, he's, as you say, he's only played four games, and yet he's probably the most popular player on the pitch yesterday, or he was. Um, I think he's like a new signing for next season, really. He was well off the pace in the first ten minutes he came on yesterday. He did give the ball away. He, he made one challenge. Oh, he made yeah. one challenge in our penalty area and fell over. Yeah, and, they, and, and gave the ball away. So do you think? Oh, is it's it not, right. not yeah. quite match fit? It's not no. quite there yet. But, but he'll get another twenty minutes in several games. But as Lisa said, he was bobbing up that left wing, wasn't yeah. he, as well, and yeah. putting crosses in and, and so on. And he actually put a couple of really decent mm. balls yeah, in as well, which he wasn't playing left back. That's for sure. No. And then the other one was, was the Foden substitute. And, and you know, this guy is 17 years of age. He's won a World Cup medal. He's won a League Cup medal. He's now, if he plays one more game, he's going to win a Premier League medal. Harry Kane's won nothing, of course, just to remind our <laughs> listeners, for those that don't know. Uh, but he looked, I thought he looked phenomenal when he came on. I thought he was, I don't know if I'm overplaying it, but for me, he looked absolutely brilliant. He was. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, if you, were, if you didn't know, you just turned the telly on, you'd think he was Spanish. There's no way you'd think he was a lad from Stockport and you wouldn't think he was 17. No disrespect to the lovely people of Stockport, by the way, but, you, don't, you know, the Stockport Iniesta is very true about him. He, he, was, he was brilliant. If you are from Stockport yeah. and need to pass any messages on, we're at City Podcast on Twitter and I'll pass them on personally to, to my friend Sarah here. What's wrong with Stockport anyway? No, I said nothing wrong with the lovely people of Stockport. Okay, it's I'm just checking because I, I, do, do you mean that? Or are you just saying I it? I was perhaps suggesting that somebody with those silky skills you might think was more likely to have come from a Barcelona or a yeah. Madrid than Rather to have come Spain. from somewhere on the edges of Stockport. I hope people aren't kind of building him up Lisa to, to to knock him down. That's my slight concern. He's a very young lad. He's he's slight. Sorry, I saw him. A little boy. He is, and and oh, the no. size of him. You saw, I saw him stood next to Yaya. Yaya is enormous. Oh, that was hilarious when they were warming up. Exactly. It was ridiculous. And they were doing it in front. Of, I was in the family stand, and yeah. they were right in front of it. And the difference in yeah. size. He's Yaya's enormous, and Foden. Not only is he slight, but he but he's he's short yeah. and he's lightweight, and reminds me of a Gary Owen in many ways as well. Those that remember Gary Owen, it's uh, very small. I had problems putting weight on and. Foden looks that way. But going back to the main point is, I'm just concerned we're talking about this World Cup winner, this Stockport in the Esther, and I just hope, fortunately, yeah. he's playing in a great team with a great coach, and hopefully that will see him through. Do you have the same concerns? A, l- a little bit, but at the same time, you, you referred to Harry Kane. Harry Kane's won nothing, but the, me- and the media hyped him up. The media hyped Deli Ali up. He's had a poor season this season. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care if they hype. I hope they don't bother hyping Phil Foden up. I hope it gets a little mention every now and again, and that's it. Because yes, there is. I think there is always a danger if you hype too much. There's a lot of expectation. Um, sometimes we complain. Oh, everyone's going on about this young player or that young player. What about? And then we give examples, and then they fade away, and then we pretend we never said anything. This time, I think just let him come on for twenty minutes at the moment, like Pep will do, probably till the end of the season. Him and Diaz, because. Foda needs one more appearance, and Diaz, and Diaz needs, needs two, two more two, appearances. That's right. You need five. So, and, yeah, you need five and, to get a medal. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I wasn't surprised that Pep didn't start with either of them. I, I had a feeling he would do it the way he's done it. Um, and as long as we continue to be three or four nil up <laughs> in games, I think that's what will happen. There's something very important, though, isn't there, about the role of the academy and the younger players in the in inverted commas the city project and we're still getting slagged off because we haven't played enough you know mancunian born players we don't bring enough through from the we buy we buy success we we buy the the, you know and i mean it's so boring let's not even go down that route but i do think for the success of the city project if we can call it that 
de- developing and then playing at the heart of our team for many years, somebody who was who's come through the academy is fundamental to us being able to say that this was something that didn't just buy success, it implemented success in a in 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 the northwest of England that city and city fans benefited from for a generation. And on that very positive note, we're going to take a short break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Uh, direct question, are you a fan of pitch invasions, Stuart? Um, not really, no. They were only there to celebrate? Um, yeah. It's an, emotion, it's an emotional sport, Pep tells us. There are occasions when pitch invasions are okay. And it gives Mendy a chance to do a few selfies. So yes, I'm in favour. You said no. So you said, I've changed yes. my mind. <laughs> Thoughts on the pitch It's a woman's prerogative. <laughs> People seem to have enjoyed themselves, so I don't mind. Yeah, nobody was hurt. No, you know, it, I, I, I can't get too wound up about it one way or the other. It felt a bit weird sort of having one yeah. when we hadn't just won the game that won us the title. But on the other hand, imagine the grief we'd be getting on social media if we'd all just sat there politely clapping the team off at the end and waved, I, waved a couple of plastic flags. It was flags, all very so, civilised. Yeah. Apart from I, I, they I had to kind yeah. of bundle Phil Foden off the pitch, which was a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. um, poor kid. <laughs> you, feel, you, you, you got oh, quite a so I can see you. <laughs> got a soft spot for the Stockport Iniesta. Was he was he, being surrounded by security to get him off and it almost looked like they were lifting him off the pitch. But it's, it's so funny that Mendy just hung around and yeah, you know, he yeah. was in no hurry, <laughs> he was wasn't he? Was he was in, in his element. Yeah. He, he organised the pitch invasion, yeah. that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm here to start going nowhere, boys. We're almost certainly yeah. going to be fined. Yeah, but I, I, I just think it's becoming too... But what are we being fined for? Because nobody Not got hurt. Not our crowd. Yeah, but... Like I can understand that if if it's a, an angry thing yeah, and if an people are mob, was it? you know and if people are if people get hurt and if people if it's opposing fans do but for that well, really? FA, I mean that just seems ridiculous. The Premier League will say that fans or players could have been hurt. Yeah. I, genuinely, that's not true. I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. I, I think Wigan got fined, didn't they, for their pitching? invasion of the FA Cup and, and it got quite nasty actually uh, I seem to well, that was unpleasant uh, exactly so, so that was the issue ours was all about celebration and, and, and so on there was, nobody was hurt hopefully Phil Foden maybe got a bit bruised on his way off but hopefully he was protected reasonably well Liverpool were they fined or have they been fined for for lobbing bricks at our coach no, and no, so, no so, action's been taken so, so, no, so, nothing's going put, to happen until the competition's finished ah okay so is that the other I, I didn't know the answer right okay so so let's just hope then if we get fined then for a celebratory pitch invasion that Liverpool get shafted for their despicable behaviour towards our coach you I'm hope just, so just but it'll be firstly it'll be two different authorities doing the fine no I realise that but and but I but I, I understand that it's they're not going to do anything until after the competition is finished. Right. Which is a okay. shame. Well, I, I don't know why they're waiting, to be honest. Like, I, I'm not sure why they're waiting either, but if that's what they've come up with, I'm just be looking out then. If we get fined and Wigan got fined, then I'm just looking out to see what Liverpool get yeah. because it needs to be something quite significant. Um, I just want to throw something out there. I was, I'll talk to you first, Stuart, because you were there. Uh, but we've just recently put up there a, a one-hour special, uh, 1968 and all that, because it's kind of almost gone a bit unnoticed. There's been a bit in the programme and so on, yeah. but it's 50 years in a couple yeah. of weeks' time, exactly to the day, when Manchester City won the... 
first division title as it was then up at uh, Newcastle at St James's Park and uh, we've done an hour special with with a guy in fact Nick Goldstone who's a regular on the show it's his uncle who wrote a book entitled Champions and uh, our good friend Roger Reed who's been a regular guest on here as well did a one hour special with me it's taken 50 years to bring it out (laughs) no he wrote it at the time to be fair Um, but he did have a few copies and he signed a copy for me on the day so so I don't know whether your respective dads Lisa and Sarah will be into the ball blues of course maybe it's something if you haven't seen it's, anyway, it's, it's out there, um, and it's called 1968 and all that. Just, just quick was reflection. It, was it just, estimated that there were about 25,000 city votes? They said 20, there? I think, on the show. Yeah, but, 20, but, maybe 20. So it was, it was a No segregation, number. and yeah. city fans just got in there. It and, was amazing, yeah. Were you, were you actually there at St. James? I was, yeah. You were actually just, yeah. so just a, a couple of yeah, minutes was it on that. It a very then? unusual atmosphere that we had. I think George Heslop was at centre-back, or centre-half in he those was, days. yeah. I think he gave away a couple of goals. It was a great game to watch. Because we went behind, I think, anyway. We, we did, yeah. And, and my understanding is, because we talked about it say, on, on the show, but my understanding is that, that nobody, match of the day cameras were not there. They were no. at Stretford, who were playing Sunderland or something. Sunderland, yeah. Right. Yeah, and everybody assumed that they would win. We just had to match there. Yeah. And, of course, they lost and City won. And, yeah. it, and, and we Absolutely. won the league. It was a bit like when we won the title. Exactly. Yeah. Good to keep so you so yeah. look out for that anyway. That's uh, it's worth, worth a listen. Uh, so, so that was one record, because it was our first victory since the 1930s, I think, in terms of the, the Premier League. We've won yeah. now three in seven years. But records are tumbling. So let's talk about some of the records then. Um, and we need, I think, I think we're now within five points, five goals and one win of all of those records in each category, if that makes sense. So another five points from four games, uh, another five goals and one more win. You'd like to think we could beat all of those, couldn't we? Yes. Yes. Well, that was an easy I, question, wasn't I, it? I, th- I think we will, though the one I really want is to break the 100 points mark barrier because I think that psychologically yeah. is a really powerful statement to, to get over 100 points. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's lovely to be in this position with the league already won and we're just you know musing over what, what records we might break. But this is as good a chance as any. I mean, who knows whether in any other season they'll get a chance to do this. So break them. Set, we'll, we'll win the goal difference one. I suspect well, that's 70, we'll beat the, So we're 73 at the moment. At the I think yeah. in 2009-10, it was Chelsea who got 71. So you'd like to think that we'll probably beat that one, you'd like to think. But you know, no disrespect, as you would say, to the people of Stockport or the people of West Ham, Huddersfield, Brighton and Southampton. But you'd like to think we should beat that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Which one are you? Is the 100 points? Do you not, I think in the past you're, kind of, you're not really a records person. Let's just win the league and, and bag another trophy. I think you're, you're that no, sort but of now girl, aren't you? No, but now we've, done, now we've won the league. Fine, right. go, for the, go for the records. I mean, I'm not going to cry if we don't get them. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll get the necessarily get the biggest margin. Be- 18 points. It's, na- it? yeah. it's 18. Is it 19? We're 16. Yeah. We're 16 um, at the moment. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I guess it depends. United don't, you know, they've got you a cup final a coming players. on now, so maybe they won't. Um, I think the 100 points probably would be quite nice, but I, I'm, I suppose What's why the record not? Goals I mean, we need 10 points, don't we? Record goals in the Premier League. I think we need another five. 95. Yeah. So, so we'd, we'd 90, equal so the record with 95. So five equals it. Um, let's say it's we five should points and then one win and then there's the 73 goals um, at the moment and we're on 71 goal difference. But, so but I think they, they, all, they all could quite easily go. Yeah. But yeah. there's some stats. We keep, we keep making our own records and breaking them within this season, don't we, with the passing and possession and mm. stuff like that. So Absolutely. I mean, there was 1,015 passes the mm. first time since records began, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> no football before the Premier League. No, exactly. That's, that's exactly my point. I, I didn't see any. We've talked about 1968, well, we but that was 
wasn't real football. That, 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 that did never happen. No, no it never happened. No. But yeah, one thousand and fifteen passes, I think it says. Which Eleven is, yeah. passes a minute, roughly. That is. Are you a mathematician? <laughs> is that? What I just is? I sounded really intelligent. When I said a, that, have you made I? that up, or is that a real number? <laughs> That's very impressive. I think Phil Foden completed more passes than any Swansea mm. player in the fifteen minutes he was on. Yeah. That's brilliant. Mm. I love it. Listen, uh, we, we've got a question for you, Lisa. We, we put a question out there on, on, on Twitter. And you, you've got a fan, I think. Someone who clearly listens to you on this show. So thanks for listening, Matt. Matt Crossman um, thinks maybe you're a little bit pessimistic and is questioning whether you're still pessimistic now we've won the league. Do you want, do you want to go back to our good friend, Matt, who's, uh, who's taken the trouble to, so be careful, taken the trouble to tweet in a question to the very pessimistic Lisa Rabinovitz? Okay. Um, yes, it, it wasn't pessimism. I was concerned. I was concerned after a couple of not great results that they were mentally struggling. And I think I even said at the time they're a young team and I was concerned about the impact that was having on them. And then our next game was Spurs, which just generally isn't that easy. I mean, it turned out to be quite easy, but I don't think most of us necessarily expected that we'd get anything. I think a lot of people would have been happy with a draw from that game. But I, w- I was just very worried about the the psychological impact of that couple of weeks where we didn't do so well. I think it's fair to say you have a, a reputation. It's nice to have a mix of opinions because to have everybody sitting around this table all sort of getting all excited for every single game we play and thinking we're the greatest team on the planet and we're never going to lose ever. It's nice to have a bit of a balance. But I think his question was also about next season as well. Yeah. So, sh- sh- so your thoughts on next season? Are you, are you already worried about next season he, uh, is what um, he was asking? Matt also wanted to know if I was still pessimistic. Well, we've won the league, so I'm clearly not anymore. Um, and next, I'm not worried about next season, but... Yet, I'm sure I will be at some point. <laughs> so but, it's, it's just, just not yet, Matt. Is no, the answer but, to your question. But what I and, and this is where you know I, I I prefer to not think of myself as pessimistic, just a bit more realistic than others. Yeah. And we have a manager who doesn't sit back and rest on his laurels, and I like to think that I'm seeing things a bit more like that. And he, the way he wants the team to play for the rest of the season is preparing for next season, because. That's what he should be doing. A lot of these players are going to play in the World Cup and be exhausted, probably, but they're going to have to hit the ground running. And so, the, you know, the last few games of the season are a preparation for next season. I am not worried. Um, you know, of course, we might lose the first three games. I'm only joking. <laughs> I'm only we'll, joking. We'll talk about West Ham, Huddersfield, Brighton, Southampton shortly. I'm keen to just pick up on what Lisa said. And thank you for answering Matt's question so thoroughly and, and so comprehensively. Can we just talk about next season? And, and people are talking about actually, potentially, this is a young squad. It's all about momentum. We've got Pep Guardiola. We, we've dominated by such, you know, we've won this league by a country mile, as I said at the start of the show. Can we now go on to dominate? Are we now, you know, is it going to be a big disappointment if we don't win the league next year and go on and win it again? Is it, and we've got to win the Champions League next year or the year after? Is that that's what people are saying already? So, so we can we can do all that, can't we, Sarah? Well, if yes, is it? I think is the answer. I think if we just park the Champions League for a minute, not that not that you'd normally want to park it, but the thing that for me has changed now is that City have a philosophy about how they play and they have the players and the manager and the backroom staff and everything that allows that philosophy to be expressed on the pitch so with one or two great purchases in the summer uh, 
there's no reason why we won't continue to play the same way. And the thing that's changed for me is normally I'd find out that United had signed yet another eighty-five million pound player and think, oh God, why did they? You know, why can't they just be a club that nobody wants to play for and then they can carry on with Fellaini and whoever in midfield? But actually, no matter who the other team sign, they they won't they won't have either the philosophy or the players that we've had this season. So I think we can and will dominate again next season. Whether that allows us to win the Champions League as well, I don't know. And just final point is winning a double, as we have done, is brilliant. But actually, it's almost becoming a bit passe. I mean, it used to be a big thing. I know it's, I know it's technically the FA Cup and the league, but it used to be a big thing to win the double. Now, a lot of teams have won two tro- two domestic trophies in the same season. City need to really focus on winning three next season whether that's getting the FA Cup as well or the Champions League. Three, so anything less than three trophies is a failure, well, I'd, go, I'd settle for the Champions League and the Premier League. And I think Susan's right. We've got the philosophy. We've got, yeah, Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. We've got the philosophy. It's all right, Steve. Don't We've worry. got the players. <laughs> but above all, above all, not, not, and the money, of course, above all that, we've got the manager. Yeah. And if he stays, we dominate. And where are we missing? We talked about left yeah. back. We're not missing left back because we've got no. the magnificent no. social media director. Uh, we've got uh, Sinchenko and then we've got Dell. So we kind of, we're, we're okay in that area. We think. Yes. Where, where do you think we are missing? I think we need someone to uh, help out with Fernandino, as uh, Gary Neville calls him. <laughs> Fernandino, he, he's 32. He's not getting any younger, obviously. None of the players are. But um, we need somebody in that sort of area. We need another striker. Striker, a big, big, tall Jacko type, then no. Lisa. No, not not a tall Jacko type. No, a, a striker. You got your we eye on anybody have, in particular? We don't need to change our philosophy and have a Jacko or a you know Car- Andy Carroll or something. You know, crap, Lukaku, Trevor Morley. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Pep's going to look for a big, tall striker. No. I just don't, it, he's, that would be changing the way he That's plays. Not the way he so. plays. Fernandinho replacement or, yeah, or back replacement, no, uh, an, no, no, an assistant. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he, needs, he needs to bring someone on because he is going to have to be replaced at some point. So yeah. um, I, I think that that is probably the most important position now. Um, Any others? <laughs> Don't, I don't think so. I, I I agree with the two that Stuart mentioned. I don't. I don't think. I mean, the only thing is, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to go. If anyone were to go, I would think maybe Danilo. Yeah. But would they bring Maffeo back mm. to be the understudy? I don't know. Apparently, he's been very good this season. Uh, but you know, it's a, obviously, I'm sure people know what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, I agree. A, 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 another person to play in the Fernandinho position, a striker, world-class striker, if we could get one. The only other thing that I think is going to be interesting is centre-half, because there's something going on with Stones that we don't all properly know. I know he's supposed to be injured at the moment, but he's gone from a brilliant first bit of the season to ba- barely playing. There's always going to be a question mark over Vincent, much as we all love him. He's, you know, he may have cracked his injury problems. It could all come back to haunt us again. And the idea that we end up in a position in mid-September where we've only got Laporte and Otamendi as the fit centre halves 
But if we're going to play three at the back, which we're talking about, with, with Mendy and Walker, we'll play, play three at the back. We're, Possibly. We're not, is he, going to, he did try that early, early season. Isn't, is, he, is he going to do that again? With the, time will tell. Let's quick, We're running out of time. Let's quickly just talk about West Ham then. We won't worry about the others because we've got future week shows. Let's just talk about West Ham. I think we're all there, I think, um, at, at West Ham next week, which is great. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. Um, thoughts on that? They, they need points. They're not safe yet, are they? And Pep's not going to take his foot off the gas. We've already discussed that. So similar sort of lineup, similar sort of attacking yeah. formation, full strength yeah. side. Go not, for all those records. Not much will change. Same will again. Yeah. Same again. I'm just Same disappointed. Again-ish. I'm just disappointed. Joe Hart can't play against us. Yeah. I think it'll be a good game. We look forward to it. Listen, it's been an absolute huge pleasure to talk yet again about about the great Mo Salah. And once again, many congratulations to him. Delighted for him. Um, a huge thanks to Lisa Rabinovitz, to Stuart Brodkin, and whatever her name is, Messenger. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.